What's up, everyone? This is episode 50 of the TorontoGameDose.com podcast, the big 5-0. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, the main dude behind TorontoGameDose.com. With me, as always, since episode 10, is Composing Dan. 50 episodes. That is insane, man. Insane. I guess I've been on about 38 of them or something. Yeah, since since 10 and then here and there, you missed one. So, And you haven't missed many in that 50 many weeks, so you've been going for about a year. Yeah, roughly. Actually, we missed our we, we missed our uh, one year. It was August. Oh, I tweeted out the other day. Um, Brett from Hard Circle is also here, as always. <laughs> Brett. I was just waiting for my time. So uh, <laughs> you guys just have your conversation there. Well, this is like episode forty nine for you. This is yep. I missed one because I do comedy and I slept. Yeah, slept in a lot. That was like first month of comedy and my body was not ready. Like a 15 hour sleep. Yeah. Now we're, now we're used to working on uh, six, six hours. That's all good. I kind of love it. I kind of love it when that happens. I remember when I was in college the second time around, like my schedule was just so ran packed all the time. Mm-hmm. And then one day my body just shut down. Yeah. I slept through a day and a half of classes. And I just like, <laughs> I didn't move a muscle in my entire body. I laid in bed. I did not wake up to take a pee or anything. I was just mm-hmm. out. <laughs> I love those, those sleeps, man. So episode, yeah. uh, episode one was August 2nd, 2015. Nice. Wow, so you've been doing it for a year. Over a year, yeah. Yeah. Deals. And uh, we've grown by how much? I don't over know. a year? <laughs> I don't know. At least two listeners. That's yeah, we have at least, we, I know there's at least one dedicated listener. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few. There's a, I don't there's know. a lot. That's the problem with uh, iTunes. If we, if this was, if we were just doing a podcast, I would mm. like, I would have to do this way better because analytics of iTunes is absolutely trash. Yeah. Um, but the podcast is just a side story of, of the main website, com. So I'm not really super concerned of just like how many people mm-hmm. listen, but the pages like the, I can see the traffic on the pages on the site and they do decent. Yeah. I just don't think a lot of people like interact. I don't know. I don't know. I think people just listen and then if they want to interact, they'll interact. Yeah. You know, that's usually how it seems to be how it seems to go. Yeah. Plus people like I don't think some people like miss an episode here and there sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I've had people like say, oh, you're on the podcast. It's a good like a good thing. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. That's so. never happened to me, but I don't leave my house. So that might be why <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm usually out in the in the community, you know, doing doing stuff. Katie's never like, oh, yeah, I've heard you on the podcast. Blah, blah. Never. Never listen to the podcast. No, oh, no. never? An episode? <laughs> no. Well, that's never to it. Dude, we could double our audience right there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, we should just have, start asking our family and friends to put it on. Yeah. <laughs> just play it. Whenever I, when we went to, like, uh, Yorkdale yesterday and, and to the Microsoft store or whatever, and uh, anytime I'm in, like, a store like Apple or whatever, I just go to the website. On the computers, I just type in TorontoIndos.com and <laughs> <laughs> just, like, leave the computer. Bolster the numbers? Yeah, man. You got to get the clicks any- anyway. <laughs> just Jeez. go to the source and open up the browser on all the TVs. <laughs> I was, <laughs> in the same same line of thinking, I was on live chat with uh, with someone from Rogers, 
just talking about my internet package. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was doing I was doing the Watch Dogs two story from like a week ago, and and I accidentally posted like some copy from the Watch Dogs two like press release or whatever into it. Mm-hmm. So I had to explain myself, and I was just like, "Oh, sorry, I'm writing a story." And the guy told me he was in Toronto anyways before, so I was just like, you know, if you want, you could just go to torontogamedevs.com and read that story later on tonight. Nice. <laughs> and he was just like, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so, episode 50, to celebrate, we're actually doing more questions than news time, so we're not going to do hype time, unless anyone has something specific to hype up. I'll hype Game Dev Drinks next week, because I just got the guest confirmed today. Oh, well, cool. Yeah, today. During discussion time, we can talk about Alex and, and his presentation stuff. But uh, let's just kind of let's just do news time. News, news, news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five things I did this week? Looks like it. Oh, I think I closed everything. Shoot. It's in the channel. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I screwed up. Uh, we got to get our shit together. Yeah, man. This is supposed to be the legit one. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. No one said that. <laughs> that no was not part that. of the deal. It goes without saying. Yeah. Well, whatever. Episode 100. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, you know, but just before we get started on this, I got one thing. Yep. Um, so I, I was in the city last week. Or no, that's a lie. It was like four days ago or something. Okay. And um, I'm coming My back. My city? No, no. Steve's city. My city? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Brad, if I was there, I would have come visit you, bud. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, but you wouldn't come visit me in Toronto, so sorry. Yeah, but you're living like Shepherd or something. You're like way on the other end of where Young, I be. Young Shepherd. So Young yeah. Shepherd. North. We're like, it's uh, technically like North York, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so uh, I didn't know, I guess we didn't know this last week, but um, there was an Xbox event that happened at uh, the distillery. Yeah. Yeah, did you did you go to that? No, I missed it. I didn't know about it, and then I had like several people message me just being like, "Hey, man, where are you?" Really? Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't know about this event like at all. And Cuphead, yeah, Cuphead was there and stuff. Well, that's the thing. Uh, on the way back uh, out of the city, I saw um, Maria Moldenhauer, um, Brad Moldenhauer, who who's you know he's sort of like one of the lead guys on Cuphead. His his wife, she does a lot of the inking, and. Um, uh, yeah, I just ran into her, and then we, we talked all the way back, and she was filling me in on a, on a bunch of interesting stuff that's happening with uh, with that and, and how excited they are to, to get it out and whatnot. And it was pretty cool. And I was like, oh, man, we didn't even talk about that event on the podcast. I wish we had known about it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about it at all. And I, had, I was at work, and I don't know if I could have really gone anyways, but... What day was it? Thursday? Oh, man, even I was in town on Thursday. Oh, you were? Damn, yeah. yeah. Right in the middle I, was, of the I, had, I was at a job interview on Thursday. Then I got caught in the freaking rain <laughs> without oh, an umbrella. So it was later in the day. Yeah. I was there. I was, yeah, I was there for 3.30 was the time for my interview. Oh, yeah. You would have got caught in the rain. I got Yeah, I yeah, did. That's true. I, I got caught in the rain. All right. I was like there at like 9 to 2 or something. I got home. I walked in the door and it started raining. Yeah, I tried to avoid it. I had uh, I went and had a coffee with a fellow comedian, and I uh, couldn't I couldn't avoid it. I was I got soaked. Oh, brutal! Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so Cuphead was there doing doing their thing, and it's and they they're really excited to get it out. Hmm. They were telling she was she was telling me it was it was interesting. You know, like we were just talking about um, 
you know how excited people are for the game how excited they are to get it out she was telling me about the the soundtrack and the soundtrack recording process and everything and how fun that was and all the all the different players that were invited to take part and um you know like regular stuff like internet people just being being internet people mm-hmm. you know oh is it gonna have this is it gonna have that and i was like oh i gotta be careful not to get into the the, the feature creep zone and whatnot and just like you know release mm-hmm. your vision make make it happen and whatnot mm-hmm. i mean she you know obviously uh brad and his brother are who are sort of in charge of the process uh, you know are doing exactly that right exactly what they want and kind of ignoring the you know the the negative stuff that's going to come with with uh absolutely every single game that's ever going to be made you know yeah internet is a scary place but yeah anyway that was a tangent but yeah that happened that's cool no i wish i knew about that yeah. xbox Canada. what's up yeah man i would have been there <clears throat> oh well yeah i would have been there what well, it's funny the it's the one time we're all in the city at the same time. Yeah, I know. Sure. We didn't know it's about like, the event. I completely would have gone with you guys, too, because I just I had been to a present for the show I'm working on. I would have just left that, went straight to the distillery, met up mm-hmm. with you guys there. Yeah, I would have came early so I could have hung out and then go to the interview. Not enough press about it, man. I would have taken yeah, a day off work. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hype time. Actually, I'm going to message Xbox Cannon make sure i get on i think uh who's there tyler talks games one of the people that messaged me he was just like oh, I'll, I'll make sure the like a contact gets your info or whatever yeah totally That's good so tyler makes it happen <laughs> uh let's yeah let's do news 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 which i think you guys already did that for so <laughs> so, one more number, time. so number one uh <laughs> fan compass shows off more auto age standoff footage Sweet. So they've been doing a lot of like multiplayer kind of testing with some dev commentary and stuff, and then just kind of posting that to YouTube. So this game just yeah. looks looks hectic and a lot of fun. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, there's a Steam page and it's expected to hit like this fall, so it's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. But Auto Age is is that uh, you know I think it's it's supposed to take in the future, but it, it's more like 1980s themed, right? Like the music is the yeah, stuff. it's the future, but it's <clears throat> the 80s. Yeah. Well, the news is a compilation of a bunch of artists, isn't it? That that that, that was a news story that came out. Like, yeah, for, they have, yeah they have a lot of like Toronto or sorry, a lot of Canadian indies like doing music. But I think the style, the actual style of the game is sort of nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it is kind of hard to tell, right? Because all, all we've sort of seen is this. What is this? Is this like a like a desert quarry kind of? I'd call it the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, yeah, it's a Grand Canyon thing, right? But I wonder, are there going to be like? I hope there's other levels. Because I've seen this same place a thousand times now. I'm getting kind of tired of it. Yeah, I want to see some new background. Like, I want to see new... Like, I like all the stuff that they've been showing, but I need a new arena or something because I'm tired of Red Canyon every time. Yeah, it is, it is always this canyon, like this desert canyon place. So I hope they have uh, some stuff in the works. I haven't talked to them in a bit about it, so I don't know. I mean, the game's coming out... Um, on the Steam page, there's probably a trailer, so let me just kind of pump up that trailer a little bit. But but I think that the, the the Steam trailer is only shown the Red Canyon. Like I don't think I honestly don't think they have any other level other than this. Which they better get that message out there. That's all I'm saying. Because like if everyone if if this is just it, then okay. Yeah, there's you don't launch Twisted Metal with just one map. 
I mean, there could be different maps, but the same setting, right? Yeah, that's fine. I want to see like an Arctic level, jungle level, city level. No. Looking at I, the screenshots, it looks like it's all this like. Red Canyon. Little, yeah, exactly. I assume that it looks uh, like almost a little post-apocalyptic, right? Because it's Red Canyon. It has like level. It has sort of roads that are sort of broken apart yeah. and whatnot. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, so actually this kind of confirms that we won't get out of that Desert Canyon place. Uh, quote, the year is 2080. America lies in ruins. Bands of militarized, motorized, militarized motorists work to keep the peace in the east. Wheeled mm. gains rule the western wastes. A mysterious voice crackles through the static of radio relays, beckoning travels into the desert canyons of the dead zone. Choose your side and speed full throttle into a deadly game of ruthless car combat soaked in 80s Saturday morning cartoon style. Um, blah, 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 blah. So it looks like actually it is going to be heavily focused in that sort of desert dead zone area. But they're probably going to have different, you know, like variations of this, you know. Mostly. Yeah, like there's going to be like it's not going to be just the one map, but it's going to be the mm-hmm. same setting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah. still they're still. I mean, they can explore this setting pretty deeply and, and see you know where it takes them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Be, I'm sure they have. I'm sure that's exactly what they've been doing. I'm, I'm sure we've probably seen a bunch of the different maps, but maybe haven't even know, realized yet. Mm. You'd like yeah. some like destruction, like some buildings that are kind of destroyed, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. I get, I get what, yeah, I get what Brett's saying. I'm, I'm still excited for the game, but yeah, yeah, I just want some variety a little bit. And it's difficult to tell when you know we're just seeing like videos every every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we won't know until the game comes out. Obviously, what what kind of variety they have in there, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a bunch. I don't know, how, I don't know how many vehicles that they've got, but you know, it seems to be a pretty good amount of variety in the mm-hmm. vehicles and attacks and stuff too. Yeah. That would be the key, right? That that's sort of what everyone loves about Overwatch. That there's so many characters with different play styles that you have to. It takes a while to learn. Yeah, um, well, it's the same with Twisted Metal, right? Like we all like mm. pretty much all the characters in Twisted. Twisted Metal is a very character-driven game. Mm. So I, I we have seen nothing about the characters for this game, which is also another kind of like disappointment so far. Like the game's cool, but I I, I need to get invested in the characters. And I'm not even there yet. Like, uh, we've seen all these cars, but, like, who are the personalities behind these cars, right? Like, Twisted Metal, you know pretty much everybody. Like, yo, I love Spectre. That's my boy. We know everything about Spectre. And it's like, well, who's who in this, right? Like, that's all. That's that's the other thing I've noticed in this game. We've seen a lot about the cars. and Well, not even a lot about the cars. We've seen a lot about the environment and that's it like we don't know any personalities to these cars yet mm-hmm. so i forgot some of the twisted metal characters specter that yeah that reminds me oh i love specter and then there's uh calypso yeah calypso uh axel uh dr grim or mr grim sweet, sweet tooth. tooth yeah sweet tooth is like iconic right like yeah. where's the, where's the sweet tooth in this game <laughs> you know <laughs> like that I don't know. You you giving me a card game? You got to give me some characters. So I hope that they start releasing some of that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean that might be coming. We'll have to wait and see, right? Because the yep. it's it's coming out this fall. Um, yeah. So which is only <laughs> less than, less than a month away, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fall is almost here. So there's so there were so many characters in Twisted. Metal. I didn't even know how many there were. Oh know. man. And like, okay, and Twisted Metal has like 
deep story lore, which is crazy for such a game, mm. you know? And it's just like, I remember when they were talking about the new Twisted Metal, and I was like, okay, what, what characters are in this? Like, I'm ready to play. And it's like, oh, shoot, Axel's not in it yet. And they're like, it's, it's crazy, right? Oh, like, Axel. <laughs> I remember that guy. Holy, that was an awesome one. Just a dude attached to two massive tires, eh? Yep. I love him. But, yeah, this game needs to start showing me some new stuff because it's cool. Like, it looks, it looks like it's going to be fun, but now I need the other stuff. I just want to <clears throat> mention that this was just sort of, like, multiplayer testing they were doing, right? I don't know if yep. it was really meant as, like, a trailer to show off the game, but... I know, but we we are a month away, and we haven't seen anything about characters. And That's stuff true. Yet. Well, at least minimum a month away. As far as, yeah. as, far as we... Well, know. yeah. Let's say three months away. We're, we're yeah. a quarter... Fall, fall is coming, so we need some new stuff of cool cool characters and things like that. I wonder. I wonder if that's in the if that's in the books or if they're just thinking that that you're the like you're the person in the car and that uh, you know. I hope so. Customizing the car and stuff is is sort of. Uh, yeah, but not I get, I, I'm, I'm not like 100 percent invested in this game yet. Like I like it because it's a twisted metal Mario Kart game. That the genre has me, but now I need to get in there with the characters and the world and stuff. So. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying for sure. I, like, like for me, it's largely about story too. Like if. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's some background there, then that I'm interested in, in playing you know, the bad guy or playing the hero or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, like we already know, like, look at how Ubisoft promotes their games, right? Months and months out, we already know everything about them. So, cool. Number two. I'm looking up that game, see if they have anything else. Auto Age? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up on their website, see if they have anything else about it yet. Uh, number two Russian Subway Dogs from Spooky Squid Games uh, hits Kickstarter. Um, I'll just do, I'll just kind of quote the thing. Uh, welcome, comrades. Meet Russian Subway Dogs, a fast-paced action arcade game inspired by the real-life stray dogs of the Moscow metro. Uh, we have done extensive, totally legal research in order to fine-tune this chaotic simulation of what it's like to s- scavenge for food from Russian commuters. Surviving isn't easy when you're dodging vodka, rival dogs, and the rare and dangerous subway bear. Um, so there's a kick, there's a trailer that shows the Kickstarter game looks hilarious. Uh, I backed it. I think actually the the early bird special is probably gone, but I think for as low as like ten bucks, mm-hmm. you'll get like a copy of the game if you back it. Yeah, I'm going to get around to backing it soon. I oh, just yeah. backed another game, so I, I I'll back this one probably in September. So yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely back. I'd like to see how how close they're going to get to this goal. Seems like it's been going really well so far. I mean, they're a fifth of the way there, and it's only been. Uh, handful of days a few days yeah mm-hmm. so so um you know like usually when i when i kick start a game i usually kind of wait till sort of the final stages and see how close it's going to get and yeah and then go through the the process and they're only they're only 10 percent in so that's that's a good sign 10 percent mm-hmm. in 20 percent funded that's pretty good yeah or something like that i'm trying uh, to find the stretch goals i thought i saw them but they're oh well, they have to be there Peter Chan. I was I was talking to Miguel awesome. about it. It was it, he put a lot of work into this, which was really interesting, actually, just to talk to him about the Kickstarter side of things. Oh yeah, he seems to be running it really smoothly, mm-hmm. and he's he's very active with it on Twitter and whatnot. And that's good to see. You know, he's mm-hmm. he, he's he's got his stuff together in regards to that. Um, yeah, and I really like Peter Chapman's music on this too. Like he's 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 a great composer in the city. He's been doing a lot of awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is no exception. I'm excited to see what else he writes for it. 
All right, I might as well just back it while I'm here. But yeah, I'm actually oh. looking at, the, at that auto age thing too, and it looks like there's just there not just, but there looks like there's two camps. You either you're on the sinister dark dark jaw side or the intrepid Val Vega side. So I guess there's a good and evil camp or something like that. Oh yeah, I was looking at that too, and I'm like, okay, tell me more about these characters, please. Yeah, that, that, I guess that would be it, right? It's kind of like, you know, uh, you have you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper to find out that. As, as opposed to the stuff that that kind of seems to be floating out there, like you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, maybe a little more focus on uh, on these characters would be good. At least for guys like us who are, are focused on the storylines and interested in that kind of a thing. Yeah, yep. Like I, yeah, I'm like, who's Darkclaw? That sounds cool. Tell me more. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the other screenshots and stuff, and yeah, there's definitely lots of variation on that uh, on that idea, and there are some structures and stuff. Yes, I see that too. Yeah, so this is going to be cool. Yep. Russian, Russian subway dogs now on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry Come for on, the, Dan. Sorry, sorry for the tangent. I just wanted to make sure that we wrapped up what we were talking. And about. I did. I just, I just backed it. Just backed it. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> I will do that live on the podcast. Only one live of on us. The podcast. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I'll do it eventually. I'm not sure what what layer I want to be on. I want to investigate. I just went with the ten dollar one. As yeah. long as I get it, I'm happy. It's probably a soundtrack one for you. There is, and that's what I'm thinking. I might want to investigate. I usually don't do the soundtrack one because, yeah, I'm just like whatever. I just want the game. I want the experience. I might get the plushie. <laughs> I want a little, I want oh, yeah, a little, right. yeah. dog plushie. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, talking. Miguel was talking about the plushie side of things. Like he was talking about it at Game Dev Drinks, um, and it was interesting it's a lot of work man it is man like he's he's doing he's doing it the right way i think like he's doing it in a very thorough and managed way and it's a yeah. lot of work like he's taking on a lot of work but it's making it happen yeah i just oh i gotta double check to see if this other game i've i've been backing a couple of games lately i did uh i did the 20 dollar one so that because it comes with the bleed uh they bleed pixels which i haven't bought yet so i was like well might as well just get both of these Oh yeah, yeah! I already have. They bleed pickle. Uh, they bleed the pixels. They bleed pickles. Yeah, they bleed pickles. <laughs> they bleed pickle juice. That's that's the hard circle version coming out later. They bleed pickle pickles. <laughs> uh, awesome. Download billions of cats on Android. Um, okay, number three, uh, Valley and Alone with You uh, is out now. So, Valley's out on Xbox One, PS4, and PC, mm-hmm. uh, and. It's it's a game. It's pretty. It's it's fun, but it's like there's certain things about it. I I've never played a game so much recently that I wanted it to be much better than it actually was. Mm. Oh really? It, it's a lot of fun. There's definitely some concepts that they do really really well, like the the speed that you get. It's basically like a 3D Sonic game, like a first person Sonic game. Wow. Mm. And so those moments of like running and jumping like insanely far and 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 stuff like that is like super super fun. And the whole sort of like life concept of like you're taking life from trees to attack enemies or or you can like heal the valley itself. Yeah. Um, some really cool ideas and concepts, but like there's just a few things that like just really irk, irk you. Like there's all these papers scattered around the valley that's telling the backstory of like when people from World War Two were there to kind of mm-hmm. weaponize it. Mm-hmm. But you don't pick them up. You just like kind of hover over them and then the text shows up on the screen. Right, and you have to stay there and and then read it, and then like then you can go, but you don't actually get the item. Like you don't pick it up to read later or anything like that. Why not? 
I don't know. So what I usually like to do in these games is I'll just kind of like in an area, like just get like look for collectibles, mm-hmm. and then like once I get to kind of a like another like once I get I progress a little bit, I'll just go through my stuff and read it all. So it kind of just like it was just strange. Um, probably the biggest knock on the game though is that it's it's twenty five dollars or tw- it's twenty dollars USD, so it's like twenty five dollars here, and mm-hmm. I beat it in like four hours. <clears throat> so it's it's more expensive than your typical indie game and it's yeah you know it's not very long like if it was like double like six or seven hours long i could it'd be easier to justify it but Mm -hmm. a four-hour game like you know i agree limbo and other games like that like are really tight like three-hour experience and you know they're, they're, they weren't like $25 at launch. So, and, and you're a pretty, you know, you're a completionist. So that's, is that, is that a four hour like completionist? No, it's, it's four hour beat it for sure. Right. And there's, there's trophies and, and stuff to collect afterwards. But the problem is, um, it like you can do a stage select afterwards. Oh, I see. But mm. it, but because you're not picking up any of the items or anything like that, it right. doesn't it, like there isn't a stat on the screen that says like you collected like five of of ten medallions and, and there whatever. isn't no so you don't know so there's two things you kind of collect in the game there's golden acorns that fall from trees there isn't really like a, a limit to them in a certain level like you just kind of get them and they're scattered throughout the place and then there's medallions which I think there are a finite amount of them and then mm-hmm. the you know the 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 text and and stuff and journals that that people have written like you don't pick them up <clears throat> so when you're selecting your level you don't know like how much of something you've kind of fully discovered in that level oh i see so, so you just, don't really know what you're looking for yeah exactly so i i can just like pick a, like it's i don't think i feel like it was designed more so to play, replay that level just to kind of mm. experience like the certain gameplay aspects in that level because like right one level might be more combat focused and another level well, one level was straight up just like running in this underground tunnel and going super fast and making these like crazy jumps and it was probably like the best part of the game um so i feel like the design of like the of choosing your level again is more so to do that stuff and not necessarily like go back and pick up everything right so it's kind of uh it's it's still fun and when mm. it when it goes on sale my biggest complaint is a mute is a mute point because if it's like 10 bucks it's solid for 10 dollars mm-hmm. it's just that it's you know it's 25 dollars like that's that's an expensive indie game like i can't even really think of like n plus plus i think was 20 dollars at launch and i can't really think of many other indie games that are and n plus plus has way more content than valley but i can't really think of many indie games that, that break that 20 dollar mark you know usually it's like the most expensive is like 15 right right so it's fun and there's no uh, as far as you know no dlc planned or no, nothing not that i know of no and it's kind of you know, it's kind of all over the place in terms of reviews like i saw someone um who was it jim uh someone some media person that i'm semi-familiar with like a, a bigger news outlet gave it like an 8.5 or a 9 or something right and then ign gave it like a 6 or 5 so and i'm like I think I'm kind of I'll, I will review it and I'll do a video review and stuff, um, but I think I'm probably in like like five or six range. Like, mm. well, in like I mean, like you said, in that um, your biggest gripe about it is is sort of the price point and where where it's at, right? Yeah, I wonder if like 
I wonder if somebody who's going to give it like an 8.5 out of 10 or something because um, they got like a free code to review the game aren't really be. thinking about that. Yeah, you wonder. The, the argument the price point is always weird, right? Because in six months, this game might be part of a sale and be yeah. half off. And suddenly, like, you know, the game is, is fun. It's not broken. It's not, like, a disaster. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of... There's certain parts in it that are a lot of fun. There's definitely some weird kind of game design things. Yeah. But there's also stuff that's really smart. Like, you don't die in the game. You're mm-hmm. kind of, like, through the story, you're kind of connected to the life force of the valley. Yeah. So if you die, if you fall down... Uh, a pit or something the valley like gets weaker and so if if you die enough the valley like dies and so you so like you kind of just come back to life but the valley gets a little bit weaker um so then you had to like kind of you had to like heal it again to like get your life up so it's actually like kind of a cool concept you don't actually like die in it um so it does like some things really smart and then other things it's just like why why would I want to just like stand in this spot and just like read like this text hovering above this letter? And there's mm-hmm. there's scattered like halfway through the game I stopped reading it cuz I just didn't care. Yeah. They should have made a collection system. Like yeah. it seems like that's like day one game design. <clears throat> Make a proper collection system. Like you're collecting two you're collecting quite a bit of things. You're collecting like um like sort of you have so much energy to do all this stuff right so you're collecting mm-hmm. stuff to increase that there's like a little bit of a metroidvania style going on where you get like double jump later on and other like kind of abilities later on so you're collecting that you're collect yeah. and that's part of the story so i don't think there, there might be something hidden but i don't know you're collecting golden acorns which unlocks uh secret doors you're mm-hmm. collecting medallions which unlocks like a part of the game like much later on and then you're cl- and then you're like reading these journal entries. So there's like four or five things that you're collecting in the game, yeah. and there's no way to know like how many of a certain thing you have in a section of the game. So hmm. I don't know. It should well you, if you if you have collectibles, you make a f- you make a collectible GUI no matter what. <laughs> it's, it's just what you do. Yeah, but anyways. Valley. I'll do a full review, but that was basically it. I'm probably. And I like to. I like. I like to uh, talk about the price point because I do think it's important. Because there's a lot of games out there vying for your dollars. You know. Yeah. So price point to me is important. For sure, but you know, what was what was the combat like? I mean, you, you mentioned that there was combat. I don't. I didn't re- realize there was combat in this game. I thought it was pretty sort of pastoral, you know, and kind of. Passive. It's definitely a secondary part of the game, but basically, um, out of your hand, you can shoot, like, you shoot, like, sort of, like, life-giving powers, I guess, um, to heal trees. But then there's, like, uh, there's sort of dark, these dark ghosts, uh, demons, I guess, um, that you can kind of kill. And there's really only, like, two enemy types, and they're all sort of structurally the same. They're just, like, kind of floating orbs that shoot stuff at you so it's very much like a kind of a dodgeball sort of system where you're just like dodging their projectiles and shooting your own at them oh right um but it's not like robust like every every, hand to hand or anything no 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 and like you don't get like power-ups it's not like you get like a rocket launcher style like in like infamous it kind of reminds you of infamous actually if you guys ever played that where you shoot like electricity at your hands but like as you progress through that game you get sort of like a bigger blast that's supposed to be meant as like the rocket launcher and then you get one where you can snipe and that's meant to be like a sniper rifle so they kind of like even though you're just shooting electricity out of your hand they sort of incorporate like a system that's still like different weapons mm. um but valley doesn't do that so um 
yeah, I mean, the price point is definitely legitimate argument. And, you know, unless you're, like, really striving for a first-person adventure, 25 bucks is probably a little too steep for something that's four hours long. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it goes on sale, if it's, like, if it's on sale, half off, like, I would, I would pick it up. Do it. I'll probably pick it up. Uh, it's on my wish list. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Valley, it's fun. Uh, I'll do. I did a, like a video of like let's talk about it that did like the first hour and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I also thought it was going to be more Metroidvania style, where it just opened up this entire valley to you, and you get double jump here, so you have to go back to another spot. Um, but it's not really like that. It's more linear, where you have like there will be sections that are open and then other worlds that are just like a linear path, but you still kind of progress this like path through the game. So, so overall mm-hmm. mostly linear. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a few like, yeah, there's definitely those levels where you can like explore, but there's not much to really like, there's no reason really to do it. You might as well just kind of keep following the path. So, Right. No. So right. So there's like no side quests or anything, but just sort of collectibles and stuff. If you yeah, exactly. And because there's no different weapons, it's not like you know Metroid. You want to try to find the missile packs. Um, there's nothing really like that in this. So there's no. There's not really much reason to explore. Right. right. The parts you can't explore. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you're calling it Let's Talk? Or, uh... Yeah, I figured. Yeah, the the ones where it's just like talking about different topics. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, and by the way, your latest one looks way better too. Like the light changes everything. Yeah, I put a the we have I have a like a lamp in the bedroom that I moved in front of the computer, like to, off to the side. So it's not even. I'm still using the same camera. Mm-hmm. And some people mm-hmm. thought I bought like a new camera. Yeah, totally. Um, but and I will eventually. But no, this I literally just took a lamp and just put it like right in front of my face. It just gets rid of sort of the the granular kind of look when when it ha- when the camera has enough light to work with, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot sharper. Yeah. Um, and then alone with you, uh, I did that. That one I actually did a review for. Uh, completely different game and a lot of fun. Story is really really good. Uh, you had to beat it like six times to get the platinum trophy though, so that's a real Ooh. yeah, that's a real <laughs> shitty thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is is this game is really cool. So it's from Benjamin Rivers. It's on PS4 and PlayStation Vita. Mm-hmm. I played on PS4. I think it'd be better on Vita, but whatever. Uh, and you're basically this one guy who's stuck on this crappy world that you know they're this crew is trying to terraform. Um, and all your crew members are dead. Everyone's dead, and so you're just left with like the computer AI. And so you go to, like, different parts of the, the world to sort of scavenge whatever you can for your escape ship. But you end up getting to talk to four of the sort of main dudes of your crew, but they're dead. So the AI is sort of set up like a computer, like, holograph for you to kind of interact with them. And uh, you start building, like, relationships. You kind of, like, you know, like Mass Effect or whatever. You kind of pick, like, your favorite person. And you still start building, like, kind of a relationship with them. So a lot of fun. There's no combat. You just kind of explore the world. Uh, scan things and stuff like that. It's like it was like four hours or so, four or five hours long, um, and kind of a cool like the last. Dis- it's not. A, I don't know if you guys played Home, but Home had a very kind of uh, 
open-ended story like you you weren't really sure what had happened and it was kind of up to your own interpretation right this one's a little more cut and dry but that last like decision you had to make was kind of was a tough one for sure so it was cool then it wrapped up nicely i thought and so and this is by benjamin rivers yeah uh, is he is he a one-man team uh or? no he the company is like benjamin rivers inc oh okay um because he does other stuff he like he uh he does like art or writing for like comic books and stuff like that in the city oh. so and, he's a writer then. yeah which is why these these games are pretty story focused i think he's like a game designer writer sort of role in this cool but yeah both his games i don't know if he has actually a game before home but the two games i've played home and uh and alone with you are very story driven, like no combat in either of them. Like there's a, it's basically just like a, a visual novel that's more, that has you doing more than like a typical visual novel. So like a game like Phoenix, right. Or whatever, you're just sort of, you know, pressing and, and going through the story. Mm-hmm. This one has you doing a lot more stuff, but that's still essentially the style. I'm trying to find some of the people that were retweeting me when I was tweeting about the review. I still got to play home. Yeah. Home is, is good. I think I like home more. Mm. At the that's end, that's gonna. Day. That's on iOS, right? Yep. There's zero reason why I haven't played that yet. I just I'm gonna download it today and play it. It's usually like download it right now. There you go. Bam. Brett's kickstarting games. You're downloading games. <laughs> right on the podcast. <laughs> just live. Live. Nothing but live. Live on the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to find the cast and crew of of uh, of this game. Um, the Benjamin River, or the sorry, of Alone with You, because mm. they have a he has a sound guy, Gavin McCarthy. What he? What's his uh, role? Illustrator and designer. So I think he did the art. Uh, Ivor Steins is the music guy. I think. Yeah, he's the he was the sound guy. So if you want to follow him, the OS, the original soundtrack actually is on uh, is on Bandcamp too. Sorry, who who's the sound guy? Uh. The uh, on Twitter is the eight digital and eight is the number, the, the eight the eight digital the eight digital yeah, and I just retweeted mm. the soundtrack if you so if you want just check your Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those games came out. Valley's on PS4, Xbox One, PC, along with use on PS4, PS Vita. Uh, they're both you know they're both different games, both fun. Along with you, I liked more, um, but you know. There's this. There's the my thoughts. The, my, the review and my post and my thoughts on the YouTube channel, so you can check out the YouTube channel. But there's obviously stories on the website that you can check out as well to to review everything. So, right. Go forth and conquer. Um. Yeah. Any? Are we good to move on? Do you guys have any follow up questions? Or I was just playing Jurassic Park for a second. There, I got sidetracked. Jurassic Park oh, on mobile, the one where you build the thing. Yeah. It's, right. it's for my test later today, so I have to be up to date. Oh, that's fair. Um, all right, number four. M++ is out now on Steam, too. So this is a big week for Toronto developed uh, games. So three releases. Uh, M++ talked about it on PS4. It actually won our mm-hmm. Game of the Year voting last year. Um, nice. And so now it's on Steam for Brett to enjoy. Yeah, it's on my to-buy list. The wish list? Already there. It's uh, 17 bucks, uh, but it has a 20% discount right now mm-hmm. as of this podcast on Saturday. I don't know when it, that 20% discount actually ends. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get it. 
yet. I won't. I won't get it on Steam. I have it on PS4, so it's, mm. you know, but it's it's. I'm sure it's like I've been watching some streams here and there, and it looks like the exact same game, which is awesome. So, so you mm-hmm. and you you made a level on this, or just just one, or just a Toronto Game Devs level? I literally just made a shitty level where <laughs> it's just the text Toronto Game Devs dot com mm-hmm. maybe probably.com and then uh and then i put like lasers and, and enemies and shit around like i don't remember really what i did because no one, I, I made it just as kind of i was like oh this is free advertising uh. <laughs> uh, and then i checked like a month later and no one had played it except for me so is um classic steve advertising <laughs> <laughs> i think i did the same thing for mario maker too actually <laughs> oh god <laughs> is the level making pretty robust in this game like I've seen. I'm looking at a lot of different color palettes, a lot of different things. Like, yeah, I guess everything is available. In the I'm level pretty game. sure. Yeah, I've never really been a big level design person when it comes to when games have them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really get into it that much. But I remember thinking that it, it had you could do some pretty crazy shit. And I played some of the like custom the levels that people made, and they're like pretty insane. So, mm-hmm. right, you're gonna make some sick levels in this game. Okay. I might make a Pixel Jones level. Yeah, dude. The only like game where you design levels that I really got into was uh, Mario Maker because it just like mm. made it so simple and and because they didn't they like slowly gave you the tools like you had to make some pretty basic shitty levels at first and then they yeah. would slowly give you stuff that's I was like this is genius <laughs> that's their mo right yeah. like teaching by doing yeah yep. so not that the N plus plus level uh, thing is any bad like I have no idea really um, it's just usually just design these levels i'm not a game designer so usually designing these levels just is more trouble than it's worth for me so i don't know brett make an plus plus level i will eventually there you go so it's out now on steam there's a trailer there's cool. a lot of streams check them out on twitter at meta um meta software because there there's always people streaming that they keep retweeting so mm. so number five Indie Summer Jam. <laughs> uh, so a bunch of Nintendo indies are coming out in the summer. Uh, Rumble Pocket is the fall, I think, is what they showed. But uh, Severed is coming out September 22nd on Wii U, which is probably the version I will, like, mm-hmm. I'm most excited for. Um, yeah. I'm are you literally going to own every version that they put out? <laughs> well, so I have I bought the Vita version. They gave me the iOS version to oh, help nice. them test a bug. I'll buy mm-hmm. this version because it'll be on uh, the big screen, but I won't buy the 3DS version. I have no. There's no reason why you should play this game on 3DS. So <laughs> that's just coming from someone who hates 3DS. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 3DS. So do you hate 3DS or do you just hate that people like it more than PS Vita? No, no, no. No, it's totally. It's just not for me. It's just like. I mean, yeah, I, I wish... I, to be honest, I haven't really played the Vita that much lately. Um, I think Why is that, Steve? Oh, it's dead. There's no games on it. Yeah. You know what <laughs> games are plentiful on a certain console? Okay, well, I've played probably like 100 games on the Vita. So it's not to say that there's no games on the Vita. Uh, there's no games for me to play on the Vita. 100 games? I don't even think there is 100 games for that system. Let me... I'll, I, I have an <laughs> easy way I can figure this out. Yeah. North America released only, okay? Nindy Summer Jam. <laughs> I love when they sure. say, like, Nindy's. Train of thought here. <laughs> I'm liking this voice over here. 
voiceover. Oh, the the trailer thing. Yeah. So Rumble it's, Pocket, uh, they also said is like this fall. Um. Uh, how many Toronto games are in here? Two. Oh, two. Axiom Verge. That's one too, right? No, uh, no. He's Montreal. I think that's Montreal or so. That's Montreal. Yeah, I think so. Um. Oh, there's there's Brett's Brett's game right there. What's Which Brett's one? Game? Stardew. Stardew. Yeah. Do you still I play that actually, every now and again? I was actually going to load it up today. Wow, these games look great. Okay, so I was off. I played 48 games on Vita. Yeah, why lie? Why lie to the audience? That was some Brett math right there, dude. It was my, it was, I know. It's my own agenda to just get people to buy the Vita, so. <laughs> power of yeah, the, What's with the Brett math? Power of the media. Yeah, quit, quit it with your Brett math. There's like at least 10,000 3DS games. Okay, first off, we don't call it Brett math. We call it Miser math. <laughs> Miser math, right? <laughs> Secondly, Gunvolt uh, Two is on here. It's gonna be wow. There's a bunch of awesome games on the Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. Summer Jam. <clears throat> what's the uh, what's Summer Jam in for Vita? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Jotun. That that one. That's uh, that was done by uh, Steve's buddy. Yeah, yeah the Montreal crew. Yeah, that's a Montreal game. There's a lot of Canadian games on here. Mm, yeah, Counting at least four. Alright, um, I'm just watching this video. Okay, Juwan just watch the video, and then there's a lot of stuff on it. Yeah, it's like a ton of stuff. Alright, I have to mute for a minute. Um, do podcast stuff. Yeah, so this looks good, actually. Well, definitely, definitely, Runbo, Axia Verge, Jotun. I think I pronounced that right, mm-hmm. and um, Severed. Yeah. And then or definitely Canadian based studios. Yeah, those are all Canadian, which is pretty cool. Um and then a bunch of other great games. World yeah. West Shantae is on there. Shantae. Shantae. Uh, Shantae's a dope game. Everyone should play that game at least once. I definitely want to get Gunvolt on there. Gunvolt two, apparently, yeah. That's yeah. That's uh, awesome. the Steam World heist i haven't played it yet but it's been on my radar for a long time it looks really good that's and this is like all a bunch of these games are have characters featured in rainbow too like steam yeah. world and yeah that's true There's and shantae yeah. and gunvolt all of those. Yeah. steam world heist point. is uh is meh it's huh meh? really yeah i play it on ps4 and it's yeah is it oh it looks so good i i'm almost like ready to buy a ps4 by the way what oh, what really yeah, I, I, they just released. Uh, well, it's coming out soon. It's called Dragon World, Dragon Warrior Builder. Oh yeah, that's right. Also <sighs> Vita. Yeah, I thought it was coming. It says it's coming out on uh, PS3. So I was like, all right, I'll get it on PS3. But I don't think it's coming out on PS3 in America or North America. Um, so North America is coming out on October 11th. It is on PS3. I, this game was everywhere. Um, and uh, oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't this game, because I'm just seeing that the Japan release date was January 28th. But I remember when I was in Tokyo, there was Dragon Quest something like everywhere. Yeah, not just like generic uh, Dragon Quest. Cause that game was just huge over there. But it was a specific game. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was the name of this game? Dragon Quest Builders. It's basically Minecraft but Dragon Quest. Yeah, and I'm a huge Dragon Warrior fan. 
So I wanted this game and it was like, yeah, it's coming on the PS3. So I was like, cool, I don't need to get the PS4. But I don't think there is an actual North America release for the PS3. So mm-hmm. I might actually have to get a PS4 for it, which really sucks. Because I have no desire to have a PS4, but I want that game. Oof. You can get the castle game. Quick question. Mm. Um, I can get that on PC, though. No, not yet. Well, eventually. What about that um, What about that streaming? Uh, what, what's it called, Steve? That streaming PlayStation service where you can play on now. PlayStation Now? Yeah. Um, so you can play it on like on a on a PC or whatever, and it's like 720p resolution. Oh yeah, that they just uh, it was just leaked or they announced it that it was coming to PC, right? Yeah, and and it's like twenty it's like twenty bucks a month or something. That that has PlayStation Four games, right? No, it's PlayStation Three games. It's only PlayStation Three, yeah. but maybe it has Dragon Builder Quest. So you can pay twenty bucks to play it for a month. We play. They usually add it. I found the PlayStation blog post that's that announced that's coming for North America PlayStation mm-hmm. or Dragon Quest uh, Builders. Mm-hmm. And they just say PS4 and PS Vita. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. But there is a PS3 release. Yeah, on Wikipedia I saw that. So yeah, it's probably right. Japan only. Uh, I wonder if there's like a comment of someone saying PS3 version. Yeah, man, this is like high res Minecraft up in here. Basically, yeah. It's not a traditional Dragon Quest game. There's the there's one that's um, Dragon Quest. Uh, Similar to, to Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Heroes, I think? Yep. That came War, out. Uh, it's Warriors. Warriors, right, right. That came out. You can get that from PS4. Yeah, I know. I can get that on PC also. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, never mind then. Well, yeah, good. this one, I'm like, I, I've been wanting this game, but I was just like, yeah, I don't need a PS4. So, <sighs> that's all I got to say. Nine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. Uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, The World Trees Woe, and The Blight Below. Yeah, that's that's how I feel right now. <laughs> You're the Blight? Yeah, because I don't want to buy a PS4. Just do it. It's $430, man. Just wait until Neo comes out, and then a regular one will be, like, yeah, man, the, cheaper. Not even the Neo. The Slim's going to come out in, the in like, a month. And so just get the, That's what I did with Xbox, because the Xbox S or whatever came out. So I just got the old Xbox. They don't even have the slim price up yet. No, because it's not officially announced, but they have an event like September 10th or something like that. Yeah. Somebody did leak it online, though, eh? A box opening of it? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. I heard, I saw the leak. I didn't know, like, there was actually a physical thing that someone actually has. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Uh, An an opening, whatever they call it. Mm. Okay. Um, That's it for news time. News, news, news. It was good. Now time for discussion time. Uh Uh-oh. Episode 50. Figured uh, we would just take some questions um, from people, mostly Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) Um, And just kind of chat. So should I – do you want me to start off with with one of these? Or, Dan, do you want – you said you might have something, right? Or – No, no, no. I don't have anything. Just facilitate the questions and we will answer. All right, fine. So – answer. (laughs) <laughs> first question uh what's what is our most anticipated toronto game coming up and uh in general what's the most anticipated game now that um, e, now that e3 is over we kind of know what's coming out in the near future hmm, hmm. I, I really want to play um i want to i really want to play the new god of war dad of war yeah that's true dad of war 
I really want to play that. The, the, the trailer really got me. Mm-hmm. And and it's I'm so it's so anticipated for me. I haven't played the other ones, and I want to play those first. I have um, all of them. Yeah, I want to play uh, the whole series now. After I'm a God of War fan. Yeah, God of War is God of War Two is like the best one of the best games ever. Really, eh? The ending of that game is just crazy. It's so good. So that's my most anticipated right now for me. Um, and then what was it? Toronto based? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go with Below because I just really want to play that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucks I got to play it again. Um, Brett? Um, for Toronto based, uh, I'm, all, I'm with Dan. I, wanna, I definitely want to play Below. Um, yeah, definitely Below is probably the one I'm waiting for. I would say Cuphead. Oh, also, nice. oh yeah, Cuphead, yeah, definitely. Like those would be the one or two for me right now. It's Cuphead and uh, Below, mm-hmm. and uh, for worldwide, um, Zelda for the oh, NX, yeah. like hundred percent. Nice. I'm like, so God ready of War to... looks cool and all, but like this, this is Zelda for life. I'm yeah, so man. ready to learn about the NX. I'm tired. I'm now getting tired of these rumors. I well, yeah, I've been on a rumor block, but every now and then I see it pop up. I'm just like, uh, stop it! These like detachable controllers, the, like all yeah. this shit. Just show me this goddamn system. The like, like different rumble features and stuff. I'm like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> stop! Like, I just want to see the damn thing. Hurry up, Tokyo! This this <laughs> system is coming out in six months. Yep, we know zero about it. Yeah, and we know about, all we know is Zelda's coming out for it. There's I think there's five official. Uh, oh yeah, Just Dance is coming out. Just as well. Dance, Dragon Quest Nine and Ten, or sorry, Ten and Eleven. Yeah, and uh, Sonic, a uh, Sonic game. Oh yeah, and but, Zelda, which is the only one that matters. Yeah, Next there's, Dragon there's, Quest. Not, there's not a Mario release title. Well, oh, there is. There will be, but those are like the only five games that are officially like confirmed. Right, yeah. like, you can guarantee there's a Mario and a Pikmin coming. It's so. like you're gonna you're gonna release a Sonic game, not a Mario game. What? Yeah, no, there's definitely gonna be a Mario game. Um, I'm, I'm hyped for that. So, like, I'm, the Tokyo Game Show is only like a couple weeks away, and they better show it. I don't know about this handheld mobile hybrid thing. You know, like I don't know. I'm more of a console guy anyway. I'm not going to bring a handheld around with me. I got a phone. I'll just play a game on the phone. You know, I my I usually bring my DS everywhere with me. Do eh? I just don't have. I mean, if I brought a backpack, maybe, but I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't have room in my pockets for. I got my cell phone, my wallet, yeah. my keys. That's all. I do. It's the main reason why I have my backpack is I got my writing pad mm-hmm. and my DS in there. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Oh, Tokyo public. Oh, public day. Yeah, Tokyo Game Show is the week of the like fifteenth. It's like the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth. It looks like. So we have. One, two, three, three weeks. weeks away. Three oh weeks. man, three weeks. Jesus. If they they better show it. If they don't show it, I'm I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> Just shed a tear for the death. Like, there's no other big show after that. So it's like, what are they gonna do? They would have like, to do their own thing, right? They would have to like Yeah, they would have to do a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Or not even a direct. They would have to like no, they would have to get people's hands on this thing to play. Like they would have to do the space world again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually on board. I'm basically where you're where you're going with Brett. Like 
I, I'm down with God of War four, but I want I want to play Below and Cuphead and uh, New Zelda. I just I just need the New Zelda. I just want to play it. Yeah, me too. I had my chance and just didn't because I said I would wait and whatever. So yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, next question. Um, hiring so hiring other people. So if you're a game dev and you want to, uh, you know, collaborate, hire other people, freelance, full time. How do you find? How do you how do you find these people? <sighs> how did Hard Circle join? Well, Hard Circle. Okay, so Hard Circle is founded by three dudes from school, which is typically the best way to go about it nowadays. Because, like, if you look at like a like Oddbirds, they're all dudes from school, right? And yeah. a lot of people are coming out of school, um, out of the school system as a team now. Um, Thirteen AM Games is another one that is kind of school slash uh, game jam. So that's the thing, right? You got your schools and you got your game jams where you can put a team together and make something. Um, then outside of that for hiring, then you do your traditional style of hiring, put a ad out there on the job boards usually. Um, or you could do internships, which you go to certain schools, uh, Sheridan, Trios. Uh, I think, I think McMaster has them. Like pretty much every college and university has an internship program. So you can bring interns in, um, if they do good, you keep them on. If they don't do good, you kick them to the side and say, better luck next time. Um, that's pretty much the whole system. There's nothing, there's no real tricks to it. But if you're starting from the ground up, it's best to do a game jam and try and get mates from school and just do stuff. I feel like there's a game jam like every couple, of, like every month or so. Every couple yeah, of weeks. Like, two, every man, two months, I would say. It's like only like like six months until the next Hamilton game jam that I put on. It's like not even that far away, you know. It's like so crazy, and there is game jams everywhere. Toronto puts on game a lot of game jams. Um, aside from just doing the, the the toe jam one, I know there's always a game jam going on in that city. Yeah. And if there isn't a game jam going on in your city, just make one. It's so simple to put together. So. Yeah, Brett kind of covered pretty much all of it. But uh, the only thing I would really add is, um, like, at least in in my industry, and I think it, uh, you know, there's definitely some um, crossover. That word of mouth is still really important, right? Oh yeah, that's that's the other part. That's yeah, like th- that's that's really big because, like, I mean, you can have a website. That's with, how you get audio guys. <laughs> yeah, word, word of mouth for audio guys. Word of guys, mouth is definitely sure. for audio guys. But but it should be the same for other people too, really, because like when it comes right down to it, mm-hmm. it's all about your work ethic, how well you work with people, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. You can have a great website. You could have you know uh, your LinkedIn can be you know all star to the nines or whatever. Yeah. But when it comes right down to it, ninety percent of the work that I've ever gotten has been through word of mouth and through mm-hmm. meeting people, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you know, and other people ask me all the time, "Hey, do you know a good editor?" that I could use for this. Oh, I need a dialogue editor or I need, uh, you know, a a logo guy, art person, whatever it happens to be. And, uh, if I've had a really positive experience with somebody that I can recommend, then Mm -hmm. then that's key. And really like talking to people is kind of your, your best bet to get somebody strong. Yeah. Um, especially in the, in sort of the freelance world. Um, For, yeah, for definitely for freelancing, mm-hmm. word of mouth is key. Yeah, because you know, you I like I built my entire career on on word of mouth, right? And matter of mm-hmm. fact, I got like a few calls this week. 
I'm a bit too busy with the show. I unfortunately had to turn them down. But from from music production houses in the city that I I've never even talked to before, right? Mm-hmm. They, they just I guess they must have they must have asked around or found out from somebody that that I'm reliable and and you know will do good work or whatever. And that's yeah. that's really what matters the most. And you know you're not you're never going to get you're most likely not going to get uh, um, if you ask somebody for word of mouth you're going to get something good you're going to get something positive if you ask mm-hmm. somebody you know oh, what do you think of this person or whatever then then you may you may or may not but if you just ask them for something they uh they're going to come up with the best solution that that they've got yeah so yeah word of mouth boom key um <clears throat> brian already sort of hinted at this but how'd you come to where you are today life story sort of question <laughs> maybe i should have actually structure that so just for good. <laughs> but uh dan yeah give us the the three minute history of dan three minutes five minute <laughs> five hours 30 seconds 30 second history uh, of no no i mean yeah for me basically it was just like a deep interest in music growing up um high school was not really all that great for me you know i did just kind of like kind of skated by and then when i found out i could go to college for music i I really gave up on high school because it was all going to be based on my audition anyway and got uh got into school went to mohawk did jazz and classical performance started gigging a bunch started teaching a bunch um taught at a bunch of random schools all across sort of like the gta and whatnot Mm. and then um after that I realized that it was not going to be super easy to make a living just gigging and teaching, um, or at least to grow. And um, a buddy of mine went to audition at Berkeley um, for performance. One of the guys I went to college with, he came back and he was like, yeah, it was like a pretty easy audition, you know, with the skills that we learned in college so should be good to go. So I got really prepared. I went down and did an audition because so I wasn't going to go if they were only going to give me like a couple thousand dollar scholarship or something because it's, I mean, Berkeley is super expensive, right? So I went down and I got a good size scholarship, enough to be able to afford to go down. Went down and I did three years of film scoring and got a degree in film scoring. Did the orchestration, the composition, the conducting. There's a bunch of video game scoring classes that I took with a guy named Michael Sweet. Uh, he's got a book out now um, about uh, video game music and interactive music for games and whatnot. Um, and then when I came back, I kind of went back, I kind of got back into old habits and just started gigging and teaching again. You know, I kind of just needed a four month sabbatical just to make a little bit of money and just rest my brain. And then once that was over, I hit the ground running. I contacted every music production house in the city. I contacted every video game company I thought I could. I was just, you know, trying to get interviews, trying to see if I could meet with people for beer, for drinks, you know, which is the best way to do it. I think like face to face time, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't send people super long emails with my website and reference letters and things to listen to because they get enough of those most likely. And, and if they're going to get, you know, the 25th one they've gotten that week, they might just go, oh, whatever, I can't deal with this right now. I might just get buried. So I gave them a really simple two sentence email. Let's get together for a beer, love to chat, whatever. And, and it worked. Um, I got a few meetings. Um, and then I actually had an interview at Funcom in Montreal to be a sound designer for them. And it was down to two candidates. 
uh, at the same time I was doing data entry at, at the eggplant collective where I was writing music, uh, for advertising or, or actually I was just doing data entry for them. I wasn't really doing that much. Um, and then I told them I'm going to Montreal for like a long weekend because I got a job interview out there and see if I can land this full-time sound designer position. I went down, did the interview. And then when I came back, Eggplant gave me an office, basically. They said, well, you know, we knew you were kind of like an intern here, but, uh, but you, we know you can write and you've got the, the skills to do the job. So we're going to give you this office for three months. Um, I'm going to give you this opportunity. And so uh, I didn't even wait to hear back from Funcom. I just took it. And uh, I was there for the three months. It was successful. Stayed there for almost three years. And then I really wanted to get into games work, though, right? It was something that I couldn't really... You know, wasn't really able to um, uh, jump into because I was so busy doing sort of advertising and long format, you know, running occasionally for TV shows and whatnot. And uh, but I was right across the street from George Brown. Um, so my buddy Tyler, who does, uh, he's part of half of uh, Castle Pixels. T Bud. Uh, T Bud. Yeah. Um, he was going to global game jam. It's like, dude, you gotta come out. So I did a few global game jams with him just as, as a two man team. And I uh, met a few people through that in the, in the community and then went as a floater a couple times and then got runbow, uh, did a, did a few iOS titles and some smaller things in between then, you know, somewhere in that area, I did a Supreme ruler before then. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I ended up going freelance, buying a house in Oakville, building a studio in my basement, as, just so that I could get away from doing ads consistently and and start to vary up the amount of work that I do, do, do some games, do some ads, do some TV, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, produce some albums and whatnot. And that that was the best move I ever made, even though I had like a cushy office job. And they were handing me gigs on a silver platter every week and there was always work and I didn't have to hunt after anything. Quitting and taking that risk and falling a few steps back was the, the smartest thing I ever did because um, now I've got my own place and um, I, I don't have to call anybody. I just get calls, uh, you know, and to, as far as advertising and TV goes anyway. Um, I, I do still have to do a lot of work in the gaming community because uh, I don't get out there as, as often as I'd like to. But, you know, there's a lot of really great personalities, a lot of really great people making games and whatnot, and I'd like to get more involved in that. But that's kind of where I'm at. It kind of brings you up to date. You know, just doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Boom. Brett. What's up? History of Brett. Oh, it's a very long and troubled one. <clears throat> Break it down to us in, in a four-minute. All right, here we go. Bad in school, definitely. Uh, didn't do good in college. I did okay in university, um, but I always wanted to make games. And growing up in the like eighties, nineties, uh, getting into games was pretty much next to impossible. Um, so late two thousands, well, yeah, two thousand six. Um, I went to school for video games. I went to the uh, International Academy of Design Technology. Uh, video game design class, which was pretty much a piece of crap and a waste of money. Like, I'm still paying for it. Um, almost done, though. Can't wait. Almost done paying that OSAP loan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I did that. Um, and uh, school was fine. Um, everybody, like, we we really, like, like 
pushed each other to be the best that we possibly could be. It was like a healthy competition and respect, but like we all knew that if we didn't succeed, we might not make it in the industry. So that actually like fueled this weird ball of competitive destruction. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. And like we were like cutthroat. We were ruthless. So it, I made some great games and I met some great people from there. Um, I graduated and I couldn't find any work right away. So I just, and like pretty much it was this, the classic excuse. You don't have enough experience. Um, so I didn't know what to do. And I thought, well, the only way to get experience is to probably make my own experience. So um, I restarted Hard Circle, which actually I made Hard Circle back in 1999 because uh, me and my cousin wanted to make movies and uh, games. So we were like, let's put a company together. And that's kind of where it's, Hard Circle originates from was more of movies and TV and possibly games. But uh, so then fast forward, I rebooted the company. Um, I got two of my friends from school. Um, they were kind of working in the industry-ish. They were doing some mobile stuff. And I was like, hey, how about you guys quit your jobs and come work with me? And they did. And uh, that was Mike and Jeff. And we ran Hard Circle for uh three years together as a team because eventually jeff um he moved on and went to work with uh webkins mm. uh, at gans um so he left and then we brought on an intern tom who's still with us today and uh we kept doing uh, mo- uh we kept doing flash-based uh, browser-based games for a while um and then eventually i got worn out from doing it like running the company and all that crap because it's it was purely contract-based work. So um, pretty much what like Alex said at GDD, you're always going for the next contract. So I didn't get a lot of time to just sit and relax because you're always constantly hustle- hustling like 24-7 because you got to get those contracts in, you got to get that money in, you got to pay your guys, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that for a total of about five years of running Hard Circle and just learning how to do everything. And, and I got tired of it. Um, I, then I went and got a job in the in in the industry, so to speak. I went and worked at uh, Vinci Education and did educational games for children, which was really fun. I had a blast doing it. Um, then I did, and I was a game designer there. And then I did that for two years, and then I went to uh, SHG in Hamilton um, and became a project management uh, manager slash game designer. And I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I did not have a good time. Like it was good. I love the people that I worked with, but you know, like it's always managements are idiots. So, um, yeah, so I didn't stay there long and now I'm back to running hard circle and job hunting ish. Like I kind of wouldn't mind working in the industry again, especially if I could work in Toronto because that's like kind of big league stuff. So I would like to work there, but uh, at the same time, I'm running Hard Circle, making Pixel Jones and Billions of Cats, and uh, I do stand-up comedy now, too, so I'm a man of everything now. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like when when you're freelance, you really do have to have you a have lot no of life. You have no life. Well, there, yeah, there's that. I mean, well, you go through periods of that anyway. Yeah. You know, I've been in a large stretch of that over the last eight months, and it's going to yeah. continue till Christmas. So, like, definitely that happens. Mm-hmm. There's moments where you have no work too. I mean, the mm-hmm. feast or famine thing is real. It does after after you've done a certain amount of it, though, it yeah. does get to a point where you can kind of control 
your feast or famine effect. Yo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Once you get good at it, then you understand how it works, and then you can be like, okay, this year we're not going to work all the way up till Christmas. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. There was a couple years where we had to work during Christmas, and uh, because just the contract did, we I screwed up on the contract. And it was like, oh, man, we got to get this done for January 1st, you know. <laughs> so uh, once you learn those ropes, then you start realizing like, hey, you know what? We're not booking anything like December 22nd is shut off, like all this. And, you, you know, yeah, you, you start to realize how to get that balance, you know. But even still, there's going to be there's going to be those projects where, you know, you take a project it ends up going a month and a oh, half yeah. longer than you thought. Yeah. And whatever but but and the, that, thing I, the thing i always hated about it was is like you're constantly hounding your contacts because like you need that next job right so you're like hey do you want this uh do you want another game or do you want something else this time and they'll be like oh you know check back in like a month or two and then it's like as soon as like two months pass you're like bang hey what's up you know and you gotta keep the rapport the entire time like you can't just disappear and then come back right like you have to be on top of everyone that you deal with. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of work. So I don't know. I, would I do it again? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The I'm kind of liking. Thing. Yeah, I, like I could maybe start doing freelance again and just start hounding people and be like, "Hey, do you want this? Do you want that?" Um, like the one the one real interesting thing is is like. Um, because we specialize in 2D pixel art, so that kind of gave us an edge at the time. And now, like, everybody's doing it. So, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to ever do freelance again. Ever. Because um, it's hard to get your own projects in there, too. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I have lots of conversations with, with my friends who are sort of in the, the freelance world. And, you know, mm-hmm. like the young ones who are just starting out. Like, I had a conversation with... a. Uh, uh, a young woman named uh, Virginia Kerbertis. Um, she just finished uh, graduating from the Valencia campus in Spain, which is mm-hmm. a, a Berkeley campus, right? And so uh, she's a Torontonian, so she came back and we had a talk uh, a couple days ago. She wants to get into games work. Her, her composition work is great, you know, but she just wants to make money mm-hmm. and just and just make things happen, you know, uh, which, you know, is what we all want to do, right? You want yep. to out there, you want to be able to make a living doing what you love to do and whatnot and uh, and she's got the skills mm-hmm. to make that happen but in the end once you've done a lot of that you do have to start you do start getting the bug where it's like man i gotta get my own ip out there you know? yeah i gotta get my own game out there i gotta get my own uh, album my own musical work out there mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that's not subject to other people's musical tastes and revisions and and whatnot 90 percent of the time you, you you kind of feel like you're you know, the music's getting gutted or that it's not yeah. really any better after revisions. And it's just kind of a, a process, a dog and pony show in many cases. Um, mm-hmm. The gig I'm on right now is, is, is an exception to that for me. You know, like the people who are giving me the notes are, are good. They, they know what's up. You know, I'm, I'm, we're learning from each other and whatnot, but, but not every gig's like that. Mm-hmm. And some gigs are like, the, some gigs are like the rumbo gig where, those guys were just like super open and honest and fun and it was easy and they weren't really uh, crazy about revisions and whatnot. We just chatted it out and together. Yeah. But in the end, it always does come back to my own IP for a while and, and make money off of my own sort of creative talents, right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's uh, that's a big part of it. And and like you're doing it with Pixel Jones, and and you know BOC and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's something that's definitely lingering in the back of my mind as I'm finishing up uh, some of the projects I've been working on too. You know. Yeah, it's true. Original IP, do it. Do your thing. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. Um, last question. Since we're running a little bit later, but episode fifty, so whatever. Um, yeah. What Let them listen to it. There you go. Listen. Uh, what efforts would you like to see from the community and maybe even the Toronto Ontario government? Uh, sorry, the Toronto slash Ontario government to better grow the industry here. Brett. Okay, say that question again. What efforts would you like to see from the community and maybe even the Ontario government to better grow the industry here? Ooh, that's a landmine. <laughs> uh, I'm worn on mute because I got to do something, but but talk. I have to think about this one. This is a... Uh... So efforts from the Toronto community and efforts from or, or, or the government. I think the Toronto community is doing fine. Because they have a lot of stuff, hand eye uh, society, toe jam, uh, gamma squad, and they have a good community growing there. Like they have uh, dames versus uh, dames, dames making games is another one. Like they have a very active and robust uh, community. Sorry if I missed any of them. Oh, Trontaro is another thing. Like they have a pretty good community uh, growing. I don't know what else they could do. They're very inclusive. Yeah, they're all very um, supportive of one another. Yeah, they're very supportive of each other. Um, I guess, if anything, I would say, you know, be supportive of outsiders. Like, that could be a thing. Like, hey, there's other studios in, like, Mississauga, Burlington, Hamilton, you know, like, show support there, too. Like, that could be a thing. Because, like, we're all in Ontario trying to get this this uh, industry together. So And, uh, and, and the thing is, it's not that they, it's not that they don't. No. Um, but but yeah, I think on both sides of of the coin, right? Like yeah. try try to make a more inclusive Southern Ontario kind of scene as opposed which to which is kind of like what I like to try to do because I, I like with game dev drinks, I get a lot of people from Toronto coming to Hamilton, mm-hmm. you know, which is great, and I'm happy that everyone who's come that's been from Toronto or St. Catharines um, that's come here have come out of their way to come to Hamilton to talk and help, um, and I always look at it as like they're helping. Hamilton in a sense that there is a small community here and each time these guys come down to Hamilton it's like a little extra spark. you know spark in a sense right and be like hey you guys can do this you know come and see like we're doing it you can do it and we're here to we're here to help as well like we're not um in our own little Toronto bubble or other bubble right like so there is a nice community of stuff happening um, I kind of wish uh, for like my area, like I wish Hamilton would be um, more willing to go to Toronto to hang out right. um, because there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of information there. There's a lot to learn there. And uh, so like, that's why I keep telling them, like, go to Toronto, go check it out. They have a lot of events there. Um, so I kind of like want to break down those barriers. That's what I want to do personally. But they're doing it slowly. We're getting there. The indie scene is getting getting there it's like it's 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 no, thriving yeah it's vibrant. With, with every passing year it seems like right i mean it's bigger and better every year you're gonna get teams like Oddbird coming out of schools like sheridan and oh, george yeah. brown and whatnot every yeah. year yeah i think uh if anything um i kind of want the government to help the school system more mm-hmm. 
Um, Because I think the school system is where it's kind of broken. Uh, Sheridan seems to have a decent program. Niagara College and Brock University are developing uh, good programs, too. Um, Hamilton has nothing, which is bad. Nothing at all, eh? Like, we have a programming course, but we don't have, like, a... Mohawk or Mac or... No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing yet of like actual because like the city, the Hamilton's attitude is kind of like, well, there's other places for them students to go and do that, you know. <laughs> and I'm just like, we want that talent here, you know. Yeah, well, there's other cities for every course that you guys teach. Yeah. So. I know, and I, I've talked to a lot of them, and I'm just like, come on, guys, we can we can do this, huh. but no. So you'd like the government to help out the schools um, funding yeah, wise? Something just to help with the courses or like, I don't know. There has to be something that the government can maybe help a little bit. Um, trying to get them on the right track, so to speak, with um, building a better school system that produces better talent or more talent for Ontario. Um, I mean, really, then, it usually comes down to money, right? always comes down to money right so it's like you know in the end that's kind of what we're saying right it's like mm-hmm. yeah if, if if the schools had more budget to say like i know for instance the sheridan animation program has their year end kind of thing where everybody shows off their films and yeah. and representatives from like pixar disney and stuff like that will actually show up yeah um you know but having yeah like having i don't know if every school should have something like that right mm-hmm. where, where there's uh, you know um game developers representatives from a bunch of game developers all over the world coming coming down to see what what these guys are doing you know put them up yeah. in a hotel give yeah. them like a nice meal show them what's up show them what we got to offer kind of thing you know mm-hmm. I don't like know. i do like uh like the level up is also dope right like that helps showcase this uh, school talent there's a lot of good things going on um on the community level also i really wish like the government funding side of things was a little bit more particular. Like I wish they would bet on games that would actually uh, move units and stuff. Not just like, I don't know. Not just sort of more creative endeavors. Mm. Right. Like something that's a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Cause I want to see the company succeed. Like I know everyone has like their artistic ideas and values and stuff. And I get that, but I want to see them succeed so they can grow and hire more people and make cooler games as they grow. Um, I don't want to see just like uh, one and done type of studios, you know. So, do you find that like game, you know, games that often get selected for development have sort of um, what's the word? I guess um, like a gimmick of some sort for the government. I think so. Yes. You know, like accessibility like, of some like, sort or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to say accessibility is a gimmick, but it is a buzzword when you're filling out those government grants right mm-hmm. and uh and that's a bad thing same with vr like vr is a buzzword that you put that in your grant just because right you want you want that grant money and that's a bad system and yeah like it may be you know uh, an advancement technologically or something like that like that's a, that's something that that would be good mm-hmm. you know for them to fund yeah which they 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 say that they well they think they, they do it's interesting, though. I don't know. I just wish they would pick better games. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want them to pick games that would actually make, like, a studio like, that has the potential to grow a studio. And I kind of wish it would help 
more with the like beyond just the funding i wish they had some kind of system to help with marketing because i think these games that are coming out really they don't have a clue about marketing they have very good clues about how to do the actual game and make a cool game but marketing i think no one understands it here especially in the indie scene um unless you're like you know severed or uh, i'm sorry uh, Drinkbox studios and those type of guys they get marketing pretty well but I think the newer guys who are coming up through the government system need a lot of help with the marketing side of things because they're not moving the units like they should be. You know, like they're doing yeah, low, yeah. low unit sales and marketing is key to this and they really need that help. So that would be a huge thing to really get some government something is the marketing side of things is like they need it. Like something specifically for PR. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing that we do hear a lot at the GDD things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people, especially people with their first game. Yeah. Often, often talk about all the mistakes that, yeah. that were made. On and the it's first. always marketing. And it's, like, yeah. yeah, if I sit there and think about all the people who have come in and talked so far, the number one thing that everyone has screwed up on is marketing. And it's a, it's a big, big glaring hole that no one's like helped them with and that that could be somewhere where like you know these grant grant guys come in and go hey you know what we we're going to try and help you guys with with the marketing now yeah because they really need it you can't make a game in a bubble and just toss it out there and be like okay now this is really great and it may be really really great Hmm. but but with without awareness it's not going to sell exactly Unless you get really lucky and word of mouth spreads like wildfire, but that's that's one in a million. I mean, you gotta yep. you gotta have that hype train rolling super early in the process. Yeah, and even like even I'm starting to roll out the hype train now for Pixel Jones, and I know it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I know it's not. It's just it's what I can do right now, right? Find so it's like, all right, we'll try and th- throw something out every week and see how it picks up and go from there. But it's uh, it's an uphill battle. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, I find, like, another thing that, that devs have mentioned coming to GDD, too, is that, you know, that not to get fooled by sort of a, a, a grassroots interest in what you're working on, right? Mm-hmm. Because you could have, like, a, you know, a 1, 1,500 followers on Twitter from the from sort of the local scene, and everybody's, like, yeah. really interested in what you're doing. But it's it's not until people in Australia are interested in what you're doing, too, that mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you know, once we get this thing out there, it's going to sell some serious units right and that's yeah. that's where that marketing and pr does kind of help yeah. out yeah and that's that's the that's probably the number one thing i would say that it needs the maybe some kind of government grant or something to step in and go hey we got to help these guys with the marketing because they're it's not happening I, I filled out these i've filled out these budget um applications for grants and stuff and marketing is in there but <coughs> <sighs> they leave it really on to the developer. So I think they, they got to fix something there. Or maybe like at least a, a, a consulting mm-hmm. consulting of some sort, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to invest in that, uh, invest money in the Canadian talent to make the game, maybe they should also uh, invest in some sort of consultation for, to make sure, you know, and, and consultation is good instead of like, this is how you're going to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, this, these, maybe these are some avenues. This is what, you can do because mm-hmm. again it's 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 a rookie mistake and everybody kind of has to uh go through it but maybe with the right amount of uh hand holding it can it can uh make it a bit easier yeah cool i think so but um, that's just that's just my ideas yeah no it's solid uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stop them there because 
right? Like an hour and a half, which is easily the longest podcast episode we have. We've done episode fifty. <laughs> What's uh, the next question, anyways? Uh, don't worry about it. We'll do it next next week. We'll keep them. Uh, we'll keep them together next week. Save some questions for next week. We're yeah. not going to get a question again for a while. So yeah, exactly. Till episode one hundred, <laughs> <laughs> when Aaron still just hooks us up. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron, and other people. Someone else send them some questions. I forget who. And if you have questions for future episodes, <laughs> you can hit us up at Twitter uh, at Toronto Game Devs, at Brett Meeser, at Composing Dan. Brett also has a bunch of other ones: Hard Circle, yep. Game of Drinks, etc. Tweet of the week. This is our favorite moment when we just retweet <laughs> one of Dan's. You didn't tweet any really music things this week, so did I tweet anything at all? Uh, yeah, tweet. I've been losing followers like crazy because I don't. I, don't uh, I haven't been very active. Quote. I try and stay away from having coffee too often. Why? So that when I do have it, it'll keep me wired until 3 a.m. for a deadline. That's true. That is seriously <laughs> true. Because you didn't I, really like, tweet I, any other music. You didn't tweet any music things this week. So I, I'm a green tea man in general because like I try and just kind of like keep it healthy with my hot drinks. And then I try and stay away from coffee because if you have it every day, you're a bit desensitized to it. Doesn't yeah, have yeah. as much effect. Yeah, just like any like sort of thing like that drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I stay. I, so yeah, that night, buddy, I was up till five. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this was episode fifty. Want to thank everyone for their support and all that stuff. It's kind of crazy. And we did it pretty clean too. Yeah. No, this was a good episode. Um, Brett, say fuck once. <sighs> You're the worst. <laughs> tiss uh. tiss. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Only you think it's awesome. Just a heads up. Yeah, Aaron does too. So does Alex. M. He's going to get to the end. He'll have a nice chuckle. <laughs> so Dan, thanks for joining us on on your last podcast. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Brett, is that for... officially happening? No, it's not officially happening. Wait, you did say you had something to say, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I forgot it. Oh. All good. <laughs> All right. So Dan, thanks for joining us. Uh, Brett, thanks for always doing being here, except for one episode. Yo, that was the that was the body. Past the people, body. Uh, Tabby joined us for one episode. Thanks, Tabby. Brennan Shea from Oddbird Studio joined us one time. Jake Budno, who's been kind of the on-call guy, he's joined us a few times. Thanks, Jake. Uh, Alex from Thirteen M Games joined us uh, for an episode. Gabby, Gabby, from, got, yep, Gabby from Laundry Bear Games was the episode that Brett missed, so probably the mm-hmm. best episode. Yeah. By far, and, I think this is the best episode. And uh, Devin, who's my 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 review guy, who's working on the N plus plus, who j- actually Hegemony three review is on Patreons right now, so I'll post that soon for people. But it's Mister mm. Weirsma to everybody else, though. Yep, and uh, on Twitter, you mean? <laughs> no, wait. What's his Twitter? I think it's just Devin Weirsma. Okay. I think. Uh, probably. Not. I don't know. Uh, anyways, he does the reviews. Or most of the reviews. Uh, so he's reviewing M plus plus. So that'll be up at whatever time. Um, thanks nice. everyone for listening and uh, check out the site trongamedevs uh, Subscribe on iTunes. Share it. Go to the site. Be a Patreon. A Patreon. Buy a T-shirt. Subscribe on YouTube. So many things. It is at Devin underscore Weirsma. Boom. W i e r s m a. There you go. The other people you can follow too, but you can find them somehow. (laughs) Anyways, thanks, guys. Thanks. Peace.